Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mr. Ivy know the show must go on And for Cincinnati, man, I put on Tunes made another flame beat for me to cook on Raised arms, close fist, yeah, too strong Team N.I., chop it up at the chop shop Top notch with the king flow, the hot shot Cops watching, listen to the real Jumping like hopscotch, nobody harder than Oh, no, think not, not only citywide but nationwide, superlatives keep it locked like the Haitian guys. Put the truth in the airways, we talk about it. Brand new like the tip place, let's be about it. Who got the info about it? Hey yo, John be the rapper, got them jamming when they play him. Staying in my lane, they ain't got an okay him. Who the host with the scoop? Yeah, they gon' say him. I so superlative like a bag of drippos. Show you where the bricks at, Cincinnati Reds at. One time where my people at. And welcome back. Uh, sorry about getting started a little bit late here. Had some technical difficulties I had to iron out. Good morning to you. It's a beautiful Monday. And uh, there is a lot of things to talk about. Uh, primarily, I want to talk about how a Keystone cop, a Cincinnati police officer, almost caused a major problem for Cincinnati. You may or may not have heard about it, but there was a standoff uh, here in the city of Cincinnati over the weekend. And apparently, as the story goes, coming from the police chief, the chief of police, uh, Chief Elliot Isaac, you know, an officer thought that he had reached for a beanbag uh, round, but in fact had loaded a shotgun round into his weapon. And, and, and I guess, I guess, thank God uh, that this officer was such a bad shot. Thank God, because I can only um, imagine what the reaction would have been had they shot and killed this man. Now, he did have a, a, a knife, as I understand it. And the individual, this man, this black man, had a history of mental illness and issues. But I'm like, yo, where are the professionals? Where are the professionals when you need them? Uh, Good morning to you. We'll discuss and much more. And we'll get started in just a minute, family. Please like and share today's show so that everyone can hear it uh, online where you think people might be into content such as this. And we'll get started in just one minute. 
morning, everybody. Welcome back. Nathan Ivey with you. 513-873-7134. If you should like to share your thoughts this morning, there we are. Good morning to you. Many things to discuss. Uh, how are you? Hope all is well. It's a beautiful day, a beautiful Monday. Uh, good morning to the choppers. Good morning, everybody. How was your weekend? How was your weekend? Hope it was pleasant. Hope it was pleasant. Hope you got a chance to recharge. Yeah, most deaf. Well, today I want to talk about numerous things. At the top of my list is I want to talk about this incident that happened here over the weekend because this could have been a major problem. I mean, we dodged a bullet, no pun intended. A Cincinnati police officer mistakenly fired a lethal ammunition round at a mentally disturbed man. And now there's supposed to be like some big investigation on it. You know, uh, I'll play the audio on the video for you from the police chief. He says that uh, he said it was a mistake. And I understand mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, but some mistakes, in my opinion, should not be tolerated. And in this day and time, can you imagine what the response may have been? Would you imagine what the response may have CPD officer mistakenly fired a lethal ammunition round at a mentally disturbed man. That's not policy. And, you know, apparently this is a sergeant on the police force. So that tells me that this is somebody who's got some experience. This is someone who's been around a little bit, right? How does this happen? How do you mistakenly grab the wrong kind of ammunition? Like in a situation like that. I mean, to me, just inexcusable. And police chief Isaac, he says the, the rounds look very different. So he's trying to, it seems like he is, is a bit bewildered as to how this was happening. And apparently Sergeant Daniel Carter loaded his beanbag weapon with a lethal shotgun slug when he meant to reload beanbags. What the hell? How do you, somebody help me with this. I mean, th- th- this seems very basic to me to like know what kind of ammunition that you're loading into your weapon before you fire it at somebody. That seems very basic to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just don't understand. There's a lot I don't understand that I want to talk about this morning. Maybe you can help me get a better understanding of it. 513-873-7134. If you'd like to share your thoughts this morning, I don't get it. This Keystone cop almost cost the city. Could you imagine what the response could have been? I mean, here we are in a post-George Floyd world where everybody is super sensitive about police brutality, police overreach. And the storyline, and I'm so happy it's not, but the headline could have been police kill man and then say it's a mistake. I, I don't know, family. To me, I don't know how people would have took that. We already got people in the streets. It was hundreds of people that was in the streets over the weekend on Saturday, marching for justice. You imagine? I mean, you know, memo to police officers. Everybody is watching everything you do. Everyone is watching. Everyone is hypersensitive. You got to be on point. And had he struck and killed this man or seriously injured this man, nobody would want to, would, would, would have wanted to hear it was a mistake. Nobody want to hear that. It was a mistake. I thought I was getting a beanbag slug. How many beanbag slugs are you going to shoot at this man? How many times are you going to tase this man? I watched the press conference, and the police chief said something that was a little disturbing to me. He kept saying, like, well, they deployed the taser to no effect. I, I, 
I think there was an effect physiologically. It may not have been the desired effect. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the language and what it says means everything. There was no effect. There was no effect. You know, uh, there is an effect. He just didn't go down. He wasn't subdued. I think the chief should choose his words very, very carefully, but I'm just so happy. I mean, I think we dodged, and no pun intended, a bullet, literally. And, you know, with all that police, you know, firing out on the, on the firing range out in Lincoln Heights, I'm glad to see that this sergeant can't shoot. His aim is off. I'm glad. Apparently he hit like a trash can or something with it and then realized by the sound of it, oops, my bad, I almost shot this guy with a shotgun shell. That ain't small. That is huge. That could have cost this city, man. I'm just so happy it didn't go down like that. That could have really cost the city of Cincinnati. It really could have. That could have been really, 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 really bad. Really bad. And I'm just so happy to see that it didn't go down like that because, again, nobody would have wanted to hear, oops, it was a mistake. You would have had conspiracy theories like, oh, they really tried to kill that man. They don't care about black folks. That's exactly what some people would have said. And then other people would have been outraged no matter what the story was, just just by the fact that a black man with a knife was killed in the post-George Floyd, post-Breonna Taylor. I mean, the list goes on and on. Again, member to police, know what you're doing. Everybody is watching everything you do. Everyone is watching. And you're doing Keystone Cops like that, slipping on banana peels, almost killing people with shotgun shells? I mean, that's the kind of mistake I would make. I don't have any training. I'm not a sergeant on the force. We need professionals, level-headed professionals who know what they're doing at all times. That's like you go to the pharmacist, they give you somebody else's drugs. Oops, my bad. What? Ain't no, my bad. No, 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 my bad. Now we got a problem now. Liability, issues. It's just some mistakes that cannot be tolerated, in my opinion. It's just inexcusable. Oops, my bad, Chief. I don't know what happened. I just wasn't paying attention. I reached into my car window and I grabbed the wrong shells. What if I did that? What would happen if, oh, well, I mistakenly shot somebody or mistakenly shot somebody? My bad. I thought I was at my beanbag rounds. It was. I didn't know it was a shotgun round. That is, to me, is just inexcusable, in my opinion. We'll see what happens with the Chief. They're going to do, like, some kind of review or something that nobody really has any confidence in. They're going to do something. We'll see what happens ridiculous our beanbag slugs are translucent he said you can almost see through them it's very evident the other shotgun rounds are either red or gray in color so did a guy just reach and not even take a look that's reckless that's super reckless i think we have in a situation of inattention on the part of sergeant carter in the reload in attention. I want to make sure I'm gonna look that up real quick. I want to make sure I know what that word means. Lack of attention, distraction. Okay. That sounds re- that sounds reasonable, maybe. But sometimes inattention can cost you your job. Sometimes not doing not paying attention can cost you your job. Like I said, you go to the pharmacies, you get your drug, your prescriptions, they give you somebody else's prescription. You might have a reaction to it, you might die. Either because of the reaction to the drugs, maybe it's an allergy, or maybe because you're not taking the proper prescription. It's just some mistakes that cannot, it's just some jobs, and in some jobs, in some moments, when you got to be on point. You got to be on point. And if you look at the images of 
of what was going down, going down, down there, going on down there. If you look at the images, I mean, it's clear that the man was surrounded. They had like 20 police officers down there for one man. I guess that's the protocol. He, he was uh, taken into custody with minor injuries. I'm, I'm glad to see the brother's okay because mental illness is real. And, you know, you, you have to deal with those situations, I think, differently, in my opinion. But damn, yo. I mean, is it too much to ask to get things right? Brian writes, it's called not really caring about what you unload on a black man, and that's the best-case scenario. Brian, see, that's my point right there. Had they killed this man, that's what everybody would have said. Whether it was right or wrong, whether it properly describes Office or Sergeant Carter or not, the city of Cincinnati would have paid a heavy price for that. We dodged, no pun intended, a bullet. Because this Keystone cop wasn't paying. I'm calling him Keystone cop because it's comical almost. You can't get that right. This is basic. We're in a, we, we in a, we in a moment of crisis where everybody's popping off. People are still in the streets of Cincinnati. Yet we got a Cincinnati police officer that doesn't know what kind of ammo that he's reloading into his weapon. And that's just, we're supposed to just say, okay, we're going to wait. Okay. What? Do you know what could have happened to this city? Do you know what the reaction could have been? It could have been absolutely explosive. Because like I said, nobody wants to hear, oops, my bad, when an, a black man is dead at the hands of a police officer. Nobody would have wanted to hear that. It, it, no matter what the truth would have been, the, the conspiracy theories, and not even conspiracy theories, but the fear. Okay, this is a real, the fear would have, would have motivated a lot of people and propelled their actions. People already down the city hall getting uh, almost arrested. People already in the streets. What do you think would have happened, city leaders? Some mistakes are inexcusable. The fact that he didn't shoot him to me is a great thing. I'm very happy to hear that for the life of that brother, his family, who cares about him, and for the city of Cincinnati. Because, again, in my humble opinion, ooh, man, that could have been, that could have been not so good. That could have been not so good. 513-873-7134. What's up, Greater Cincinnati Crow Union? Thank you for the like. That could have been huge, hugely bad, right, to speak like the president. Who's been exposed by John Bolton now to be exactly what we thought he was, a narcissist who doesn't know what the hell he's doing whatsoever. Man. TNT writes, make that mistake on white life and see how many police sympathizers you have. Right. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Tanya. Cleopatra. Good, everybody. Good to see everybody. Uh, good morning, Chop Shop. Good morning to Brenda and Miss D. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I just, I, I just can't gloss this over and act like, oh, well, he didn't kill him, so it's no big deal. Imagine. Just take for a second and imagine what could have happened. That's how seriously I take it. You know what I'm saying? Telling you, folks would have traveled from around the country to come to the city of Cincinnati and tear ish up. And you know it and I know it. Because one Keystone cop didn't make the didn't care enough to make sure that you're you're reloading the right ammunition. It's basic. It's basic. Was he scared? I don't know. You got 20 cops down there. What you scared about? I, I don't get it. Again, I don't want to overtalk. I'm sure there's a great officer who's had a sterling career and works with children on the weekend and all that kind of stuff. That's great. 
But that to me, if that was my family member, I'd be even more outraged. You did what? If you're a city leader, you should be outraged. Imagine what could have happened. Imagine what the reaction would have been. It would have been explosive. Explosive potentially. And they would have been out in front of it like, oh, well, hey, hey calm down. Was a mistake. It was a mistake. Hey, what's up, Guy Jones? It's been a minute, man. Good to see you. Mistake. Nobody wants to hear all of that. Nobody wants to hear about no damn mistakes. Nobody want to hear that. Oh, well, uh, well, you know, he thought he was reaching for his shotgun shell. and I'm sorry, his beanbag shell. I mean, how many beanbags are you going to shoot at this man? How many beanbags does it take? And I hate when I hear police say, well, it was, it was, we hit him with the taser and uh, it, it had no effect. I hate that. I hate that because it, it, it opens up the door for more police action. I'm not really sure if that's the right way of putting it. Um, in my opinion, if you fire a taser at somebody, physiologically, there's an effect you might not be getting the desired effect of the person being subdued and acquiescing to your demands, but there's a physiological effect. He felt it. See, that goes back into the whole thing. They don't feel, they don't feel nothing. He must've been so high on something or maybe he, you know, black folks don't feel anything. I, I don't like none of that. Check your language, chief Isaac. There was no effect. No, there was an effect, sir. Physiologically, if I shoot you with 50,000 volts, your body feels it. You may not go down, which I think is very, some people say you're splitting hairs. I don't believe so. I think it's very, very important to speak specifically and intentionally and specifically about what's really going on here. Because how many beanbags y'all going to shoot at this man? (laughs) Oh, man, but I'm not a police officer, so I don't want to act like I know what the procedures are and what they should be doing and how things should be done. Those are the so-called professionals that can't even reload the right ammunition. You don't get to make mistakes like that. People's lives are at stake. We should be outraged about this. 100%. 100% outraged about these mistakes. Well, it was a mistake. Some mistakes should cost you your job. That's not saying he should lose his job. That's for a police chief and others to make that decision. I'm just saying in the real world with everybody else, you make some mistakes, it costs you your job. Like, you know what? Damn, Nate, we like you. But we just can't, you know, some mistakes, hey. You talking about somebody's life on the line. Talking about, oops, my bad. I mean, they're going to put this guy back on the force again? Should we ever trust this Sergeant Carter to ever be in a, situa- a situation like that again? I mean, I would be very sensitive about that. And I'm sure this Sergeant Carter, whoever he is, wherever he is, is very sorry and contrite and all those kind of things. And that. Thank you. But so what? I mean, all that time out in Lincoln Heights uh, with the noise pollution out there, I'm glad to see that Sergeant Carter doesn't have good aim. Because if he did, we would have, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. You know people would hit the streets. You already know it. Because they're in the streets now. I can say the same thing over and over again. I don't want to do that. I want to move on. 513-873-7134. I've actually got a little bit of the police chief's Press conference over the weekend. Yesterday Check this involving, out. Uh, the response of our officers to a subject in a mental health crisis. Yesterday at approximately 4.13 p.m., 
the emergency communication center received a 911 call from a female caller reporting that her son was at 2145 Freeman Avenue and was threatening suicide. The caller stated that her son, now identified to us as Mr. Caleb Moore, a male 24 years of age, had a history of schizophrenia and also suffered from bipolar disorder. Uniformed officers responded to the scene and they met with Mr. Moore's brother who stated he was concerned about Caleb's mental health and that his brother had not eaten in several days. After talking with Mr. Moore and his brother, the officers uh, grew concerned for Caleb's safety and determined that he should be transported to the University Hospital Psych Psychiatric Emergency Service Center. At this point, um, the officers spent 12 minutes on scene talking to Mr. Moore and his brother trying to encourage him uh, to go to psych emergency services. Now I want to play for you the 911 call. It's 2145 Freeman Avenue. Mm -hmm. 2145 Freeman at the Dog or D-Boy? D-Boy. Okay, what's your name? Crystal Stone Moore. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. What's going on? I am not really sure what's going on, but my son had gone down to give them my other son. We got a message to call 145 Freeman Avenue. Now I want to uh, read for you a sequence of events and then we will play uh, two body camera footage from the officers on the scene. Uh, at this point the officers had been on the scene for 12 minutes talking with Mr. Moore. Uh, mobile crisis had also been contacted. They did in fact respond to the scene 
However, as this unfolded, with Mr. Moore being in possession of a knife, they were unable to engage with him. As the officers began to approach Mr. Moore, he... Hey, good morning to you. We're playing a little bit of a press conference that happened over the weekend about an incident in which a, a mentally, uh, a man who was having a mental uh, issue uh, episode was apprehended uh, in downtown or in the neighborhood here in Cincinnati. Um, and there's several things we can discuss about, um, including, or we could discuss, one of them is the fact that a Cincinnati police officer mistakenly discharged a shotgun round that now we found out he thought was a beanbag round. And for me, I'm like, well, how do you make that kind of mistake? And just kind of think about what could have happened in this city. We need professional law enforcement to act like professional law enforcement, to be on top of their job, not Keystone cops. As Sergeant Carter does this, police officer Christopher Lauderman deploys his taser at Mr. Moore, and none of them have any effect on Mr. Moore. Okay, let's stop right there. Sergeant Carter that then deploys to me his... is medically impossible. It is medically impossible to get hit by a taser and it has no effect. Chief Elliot Isaac is wrong to say that. That is not medically possible. If I shoot you with 50,000 volts of electricity, it's going to have an effect. You may not succumb to my demands and my orders, which is different. Okay. It just opens the door for misconduct down the road for somebody to say, well, we shot him with the taser. It had no effect. He was like the Hulk. He was like he, man. You don't see this over and over again with black folks. You got to shoot you 50 times with the taser and all this kind of stuff. But the way we talk about all of these incidents, in my opinion, impacts all the future interactions with police officers. If I hit you with a beanbag and you don't fall down, it doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect. It just means that you don't go down. Okay taser twice at Mr. Moore as Sergeant Carter's first deployment misses but the second deployment strikes Mr. Moore in the shoulder and all, again all this time out here in Lincoln Heights Lincoln Heights terrorizing I don't think on purpose but the intent versus impact but terrorizing Lincoln Heights residents and we got six eight police officers that can't hit their target <laughs> I'm just saying damn the leg and still has no effect Officer Lauderman deploys so his taser that. at Mr. Moore a second time and again has no effect. He's so wrong to say that. Sergeant Carter then sprays Mr. Moore with chemical irritant, but it has no effect He's on so, him either. He is so wrong to say that. It is impossible for it not to have an effect. It's impossible for it not to have an effect. It may not be having the desired outcome that you want, but to say it's not having an effect, in my opinion, opens the door for somebody else to get it because we know, hey, it didn't have an effect. We got to go lethal measures. We got to do what we got to do. He didn't move. He didn't go down. He might be withstanding the effects. But to say that it's not having an effect is wrong. It is medically, it is scientifically wrong. That's like saying if I punch you in the face just because you don't go down, it has no effect. No, it has an effect. You just took the punch. It's different. It's, in my mind, it's significantly different. Sergeant Carter then goes to his patrol vehicle and he uh, retrieves more bean, 
backgrounds while watching Mr. Moore. Sergeant Carter, as you will see on the, uh, the body-worn cam footage, he reaches into his car window and he inadvertently grabs a box of 12-gauge shotgun slugs. He reloads his beanbag shotgun with a live 12-gauge shotgun slug round. As Mr. Moore continues to wield a knife and resist the officer, Sergeant Carter announces over his radio that he's going to deploy another beanbag round. Sergeant Carter then fires what he believes is another beanbag round at Mr. Moore. The round misses Mr. Moore, goes into a nearby garbage can. Sergeant Carter immediately realizes due to the sound, the recoil of the shotgun, that he had inadvertently fired a lethal round at Mr. Moore. Sergeant Carter immediately disengages, then unloads the shotgun, places it on the floorboard of the vehicle, and he then informs a command officer what occurred, and our criminal investigation is called to the scene uh, to investigate. Sergeant Kara Graves also responds to the scene and deploys five pepper ball rounds at Mr. Moore. Uh, the pepper ball rounds strike Mr. Moore in the upper body but have little effect on him, and he does not drop the knife. Now, at this point, I want to play the body-worn cam footage from one of the initial responding officers. All right, let me cut back in right there because I think I've set the table here. I mean, we, we got to get a sense of, of what went down, right? We kind of get a sense of, of what went down. And to me, it's just, it's just, it, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable, in my opinion, for something like this to happen, in my humble opinion. But what do you think? 513-873-7134. I want to open up the conversation for you uh, to get on board. All right, all right. Sorry about that. Yep, 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 yep. Sorry, 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 sorry. Forgot all about that. Um, give me one second before you get a, you call into the show. I need to make sure that uh, that your phone your your phone calls will actually reach me. Hold on, give me one second here, and I'll change that. I know some people are being redirected, and I want to make sure that when you call in this morning, that you actually get a chance to reach me. All right, appreciate you. Um, but again, think about it for a second. What do you think? Also, have you seen some of the latest information about the mural downtown? I took my family down. Uh, we were actually going to the park over the weekend, and then it started raining. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go down and check out the uh, mural. And uh, we got the chance to go down and check it out. And uh, as I said before, I mean, I think it's a beautiful mural. Shout out to all of the artists involved. I think they did a spectacular job. That's what I think. They did a really, really good job on it. But I stand by what I said, um, that um, – symbols are not tangibles. I don't care. Anybody says nobody can refute that. And it's just amazing how people still want to try to distort that and make it into something nasty. I got accused last night of being um, negative and something else because I posted on my Facebook page that murals are not tangibles. And as a grown folks, despite how you feel about the mural or anything else, is there anybody out there that can argue to me? I love to hear this argument that a mural is a tangible. That you we we don't own we have no control of. Have you heard the latest about what they're saying uh, about? And this is from the city manager, and just makes me wonder. Like, was the city manager left in the? Was he in a loop about this? I mean, I, I get it. You know, and people saying they love the art. I love the art too, but I love uh, equity tangibles. 
uh, equity policy intangible much more than art. Now, we can all be different and we can all agree to disagree. But for me, uh, I, you know, if, if I had a choice between art and equity policy intangibles, I'm going to choose the three latter every single day of the week. Uh, but some people are easily appeased. And again, Cincinnati black folks got a tendency to fall back to sleep. I don't want people to fall back to sleep. Don't fall back asleep. And, you know, you know, now the city manager is talking about how, you know, there's no money in the budget for it. And they're going to have to reroute and redo all of this stuff. I mean, I hate this. I'm not the kind of person to not tell you I told you so, but I told you so. I told you so. You know, it only took a second to sit back and kind of think about how this might play out. And again, I think it'd be a shame for all that hard work uh, that the black artists uh, put into it for it to be uh, destroyed or, you know, for people can to enjoy it. But I think there's some logistics, not I think, there are some logistics that they're going to have to iron out. And I'll say it again to local politicians, city council, supporting the mural means nothing to me as a black man in Cincinnati. That don't mean, that's the one that you talk about low hanging fruit. And unanimously, unanimously, I think it was city council uh, uh, approved this, but it looks like none of them knew or, or either they knew about it or they're going to work on it as they move forward. It's again, who knows, but just reading this article from Cincinnati.com from the city manager, he's got a long list of concerns and issues that are going to have to be ironed out. And again, there's a lot of smart, intelligent, good people on top of this. They may iron them all out and turn that into a pedestrian uh, walk space. Um, but again, I'll say if that opens the door for somebody to put white lives matter downtown too, there's no, if, if you get some people to come together and say they want to put white lives matter downtown and get white artists, there's no way city council can say no to that. And that opens the door for blue lives matter as well. I mean, you know, now downtown will just be a big art project, which maybe it should be. It already is in some levels. Uh, again, I am a black artist. So believe me, I understand it, but it's just quite interesting. All this stuff. I mean, that I think should have been dealt with beforehand including businesses and uh, uh, residential uh, issues, the logistics and all this kind of stuff. Like I said, all that don't mean a damn thing to me because it's not equity policy or tangibles. Like some people are very easily pacified. They're like, Oh yeah, we winning. I never thought I'd see it in Cincinnati. I never really thought too much about it. Quite honestly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, it's not the same to me. Maybe I look at it differently. Supporting a mural is not the same as supporting black lives in Cincinnati. To me, they're two different things. And like I said, I got accused yesterday again of um, being, what was it? Negative or some old dumb ish, man. I mean, the egos have landed. I'm telling you, man, y'all done done and created some more egos, but uh, some huge egos about this. Um, because people are overly sensitive about it and they're missing the point exactly. But that's why I'm here uh, to hammer it home, right? To make sure that at least somebody got the, the strength to speak they speak they uh, facts uh, without the fear of being shouted down. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I love the haters. It makes me work harder. Just wasn't prepared for it to be us. Uh, that's from Alandis. That's the woman whose idea it was to do the uh, the Black Lives Matter mural. Um, and she says that I'm a hater to her. Now, what's interesting about that is that some people need haters. Some people need haters because they feel like that's a, that motivates them. I, I'm not motivated by what somebody thinks I'm doing and not doing. I'm motivated by my family and a larger black family and what I see out here in the news. That's motivation enough. 
Like if you need me on Facebook to motivate you, you already losing. You should be motivated already. You should be motivated already. I mean, somebody on Facebook saying something shouldn't motivate you a damn thing. It don't motivate me. You know what I'm saying? I'm already motivated. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing, man. It really is. I just don't get it, but I kind of get it. You know, I think some people, they don't want to deal with what you're saying. So they want to make you into like an enemy or you're against them. And all. who got time for that? I'm too busy to be against anybody. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be against anybody. I'm just a black man speaking my, uh, my black truth. Uh, if black murals matter, then black opinions should matter. I'll say it again. If black murals matter, then black opinion should matter in my opinion. Uh, but that's just me. You might look at it differently. Uh, we can always agree to disagree. What do you think? 513-873-7134. If you'd like to share your thoughts this morning, I love to hear them. Now up on the screen, I'm having a little bit of, of difficulty. So the show might look a little bit different today. Um, but I've got an, an image of Chief Elliot Isaac at the press conference talking about the situation that went down over the weekend here in C- the city of Cincinnati. And again, I'm very thankful and very happy uh, that nobody, uh, that the, the man involved was not seriously, seriously injured and or killed and or killed. I mean, that, that would have been a really bad look for the city of Cincinnati, and I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm very glad involved. And I'm just concerned, like, like I said, I mean, what's the use of having a professional if they're going to make the same mistakes as the non-professionals? Like, what's the point? What's the point of having a so-called professional if the professional is going to do the same thing as the non-professionals? You know, you got this sergeant down there making the mistakes that I would make, that you might make, but we haven't been trained. We haven't earned the, 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 the rank of sergeant on the Cincinnati Police Force. You know what I'm saying? In these days and times, it should not, it's inexcusable. There were hundreds of people that marched through the streets of Cincinnati over the weekend. There's dozens of people that go to every budget meeting and you can see the fire and the heat. What do you think would have happened? Just think about that. And that's how I look at it. I look at it very, very, to me, that's a very, very serious thing there that could have cost this city a lot of pain, a lot of time. You're talking about tearing some ish up. Oh, the police killed a black man. He he had a knife. He was surrounded. It was 20 of them. That's exactly what people would have said. That's exactly what they would have said. That's exactly what black folks would have said in this city. Nobody would have wanted to hear, oh, well, you know, he's a good officer. He's got a sterling record. It wouldn't have mattered. So memo from me to police officers, just be on top of your J-O-B. Cross your T's, dot your I's, know what kind of weapon, I mean, uh, what kind of ammunition that you're loading into your weapon. And then how many beanbags can you shoot at somebody? Can you shoot like an infinite amount of beanbags at somebody? I mean, because beanbags are looked upon as non-lethal measures. I mean, can the police just keep shooting them and shooting them and shooting them and firing and firing and firing until they go down? And do you agree with me about the language that the chief used, saying like, no effect. I, I just something about it. I just don't like. Number one, it's not. It's not true. I mean, physiologically, scientifically, it's just not true. And I just think that when you're a leadership position in these sensitive days and times, you need to you, every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be on point. Every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be on point. 
And if it's not, uh, whew, man, you know, that, that could be, that could be a potential really, really bad situation. there. But what do you think? Five, one, three, eight, seven, three, seven, one, three, four. Let me see if I got uh, who I got on the line here. Let me go. Hey, John, hold on one second here. I know you're probably going to take me away from Cincinnati. I want to stay in Cincinnati for just a second and talk about some of the things we're discussing here in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, COVID-19 is real. There are free pop-up COVID-19 test sites available throughout the greater Cincinnati area. I'm very happy to hear that. I've been sharing on social media. A lot of, I know a lot of people have. You can go on my social media page, my, at least my Facebook page. You can check it out for yourself. Just kind of scroll down and get in where you fit in, wherever is close to you in your neighborhood. COVID-19 is real, y'all. It's not going away. It's still here. It's still here. More and more people on my social media feed are saying that either they got tested or tested positive. Okay? So don't be low to sleep, family, because white folks are out here doing what they want to do. We can't, we can't, listen, let them do that. You drive around the city of Cincinnati, people out here with no mask on, they eat. I'm like, damn, is going out to eat that important? There's not a restaurant in Cincinnati I love that much. None. <laughs> I'm going to put my life on the line just to get some food. I can cook at home. I don't get it. Uh, but do you. And, uh, you know, do what you got to do to help not spread the disease. Okay, that's very, very important. It's very important. All right, let me take uh, my first phone call here. Uh, good morning and welcome to the show. Good good morning, Mr. Nathan Ivey. The good people of Cincinnati, and as well as the good people around the world, and yes, those choppers. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, John. Now, can you speak up a little bit because you're a bit low? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try my best to speak up a little. All right, appreciate it. Hear me now. I I heard you before. I'm just saying, just louder is what we need. Appreciate you. What's going on? Okay, uh, you know, uh, as we sit back before we get to the BET Awards and various. Other things, I'm sure you probably watched some of it last. I didn't watch yeah. any of it. I, okay, well, uh, first, I know you talked about the COVID-19. Uh, um, yes, this is very serious down here in Florida. The fact governor uh, that shut the uh, state down about a month or two ago now is some some heat is on him to reshut it down. They're talking about shutting down the beaches here in Florida and eventually, I think the state is going to be shut down. I think this guy is done, this governor. He's a lapdog for Trump. And um, he's probably not going to get re- reelected. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, Gilliam, uh, everybody knows now, uh, the African-American uh, politician that ran for governor here. Uh, incredible how he would throw his whole career away for a booty call. Uh, you can call it what you weigh. I could care less if he's gay. Or a booty call. What is that? What he did? <laughs> well, uh, well, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but that's really what it was—booty and drugs, basically. And, and some some people think he was set up, you know. Well, I don't know if he's set up, but it's ridiculous to put yourself in that position. He made some statements on the internet and in the press with the pressure of running for governor. He did stop. Come on, why would you put yourself in that position? to uh, ruin your career, your family. Well, we see the outcomes. Well, his career is over with. Uh, CNN didn't waste no time in dumping him, dumping him once that stuff came out. And now it probably would take him six months to a year before he resurfaced again, 
and he'd probably have to go on national TV, apologize, a book deal, you know, the whole can of worms. He, you won't see him resurface again for about a year. But, you know, I thought he had a bright career. I thought he was very intelligent, very smart. Little that we know, he'd say, I could care less about that. That's his business. But for booty call and drugs, you got to be kidding me. You know, so, you know, he's he'll resurface. Give him another year next year sometime. He'll probably come out of from underneath the rock. And people have a short uh, memory, so he may get another shot again. We'll see. Because this so-called governor here has screwed up the whole state. You know, reopening, well, that's all about billions of dollars, you know, tourism money. Everybody wants to get out of the north, come down to Florida, feel some sun, some beach. And look at those Latino women. Ay, 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 caramba. Yeah, yes, you know. So I understand it. But, hey, the virus is the virus. And you're not going to get rid of that no time soon. So you have to protect yourself. Gloves, masks. Cover yourself up. Don't go hang out at the bars, Cincinnati people. Get away from the restaurants. This is very, very, very serious. So we have to take it serious. Okay, now let's get to the uh, BET Awards. I don't, I, okay, let me give you a recap. It sounds like you didn't get a chance to watch it, but I'm sure you'll catch it on Facebook or any of the channels that you can rebroadcast, and I'm sure BET is going to play it back again. I watched uh, briefly the first hour. It was excellent, very good. Yeah, you don't see no crowds there. They do a stimulation of the green screen, and those performers probably were performing a week or two before they taped it. And I forget the sister's name that hosted it. She was very good. How many times can she change her wardrobe? I counted about 30 or 40 times. Wow. But, uh, you know, it it was good. The performances were good. But the first hour, if you watch it, it was a simulation of Black Lives Matters. The performers really hit home very good with getting their message out, saying enough is enough, we're tired of the killings. I, I, I thought the performances were really good. Even though I understand what those rappers were saying, but you got the message with the backdrop of videos and the sequences of protesters as they were singing. Some performers I never knew about. I found out who they were. They were really good. Usher did a great performance. I forgot the sister that he did a sequence with uh, a duet. It was That was very good. I wanted to tell Usher, stay on the other side. Usher, don't come over there and touch the sister. Get on the couch and, oh, no, Usher, don't come over. You got your baggage. But leave Usher alone. I'm sure he's cleaned up right now. But, you know, you know, it was very good if you haven't watched it, and I'm sure some of the chapters are probably going to chime in and call about the performances. And did they pick up what I picked up that first hour of the performances with the protests, Black Lives Matters? The message went across and went across very loud. This is a movement. These kids are not going no place. Let's bring you back in time, shoppers, when Martin Luther King was young and prominent and coming up and protesting, and some of the older black people, shut up, King, sit down, be quiet. And that was King's time, and we saw the results. The old farts went away. This is the young kids' movements. This is their future. They're not having it. They're telling the Sharpens, the Jackson, and some of the black leaders across the country to shut the hell up and get out of the way. You guys have ruined this country. Look at the character in the White House. These kids are not taking them. I applaud them 110% on the movement, and we should support them 
110%. I'm with you on that. This is nonviolent. In the government's face, I'm glad. I'm glad with my eyes. I'm allowed to see see this because I never thought this would happen. Okay, maybe it took the virus to make these kids wake up, as well as not so much the the, the virus and the loss of job. They can't go to school. They can't socialize. This is a movement, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And I must ask I hope you so. a question, ask you, Mr. Nathan Ivey, one question. If Biden does get in, and I'm not sure a lot of people, and he did announce <clears throat> he's going to pick his vice president candidate, <clears throat> excuse me, between now and August the 1st. Well, let's see if it's going to be <clears throat> a black person or a white person. I personally don't think it's going to be a black person. We saw the results of Barack Obama and Chappas before you call it and chime in. I'm not saying an African-American woman cannot do the job. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the timing is not right. Now, if Biden, I think Biden's going to pick outside the African-American community. And if Elizabeth Warren is not the candidate, it may be a, a, a dark horse. She's, she's not even on the list watch. anymore, I think. Is she still on the list of considered candidates, perspectives? Elizabeth Perspective, Warren? Yes. She is, okay. Yes. I, well, from what I'm hearing, Elizabeth Warren is at the top of the gate, her and Harris. I don't like Harris. We already talked about her. I don't want to even, even talk about her. She has backup. Elizabeth Warren is, is a capable person of doing it. Now, if he goes, he might be picking somebody that nobody is looking at, and this person might be outside the spectrum. And But he believes she can probably carry it because, uh, you know, uh, Mr. McDivert, I don't think, Biden is going to survive a year or two. He's going to go in a year and a half, maybe two years. He's going to step down. The vice president goes in. What? Now, now you, that vice president has a chance to pick a black candidate. You're long-range speculating. He ain't even got an office yet. Well, but either way, he's not in office yet. But I'm saying, every you know, a lot of the African-Americans across the country wants to see him pick a vice president, African-American vice president candidate. I don't think it's going to happen. People are going to be disappointed. Yes, he needs to get this out of the way because if he doesn't pick an African-American candidate, everybody across, black people across the country are going to be pissed off. Okay, you know how short-winded we get. We'll get pissed off, but when it's time for the general election, you know how blacks are going to vote. But once again, follow this spectrum, and you're hearing it from John from Florida. If he doesn't pick an African-American person, he does pick a white person and somebody outside the spectrum, if it's not Elizabeth Warren, somebody outside the spectrum that nobody knows about, Biden will serve one and a half a year, maybe two years. He will step down. He's got issues. He's got health issues nobody's talking about. Wow. Uh, you know, he's been there. He's been there too damn long anyway. He needs to go away. So if that vice president steps in, now the heat will be on that vice president to pick a black candidate. That's where hmm. I think it's going. Okay. I, like to, I like to hear you. I, I don't have any uh, thoughts about the speculation two years down the road if he gets in office. I'll just take your thoughts and we'll see what happens, John. I have, I have no I have no opinion about it whatsoever. All right. Well, you know, I, I appreciate that. But like you said, we got five months, plenty of time. The sooner Biden gets this over with, the better. 
so we can get behind this and support. If you're going to support him or support that vice president candidate, but you got to see the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not to pick an African-American candidate now. Wait a year or two because Biden is not going to finish those four years. He's I know. not going to finish I know you said it. I, okay. I hear you, John. I got to make a move, man. I heard you. I don't want to say the All same right. thing over and over again, but I appreciate you, brother. And have a nice day from sunny, disastrous, shut down Florida. It's coming. Have a nice day. You too, man. Have a nice day. He said shut down Florida. I got to cut John off because he used to say the same thing 15 times. I get it. And this is speculation that, I mean, we haven't even got the November election yet. <laughs> we don't even know what's going to happen in November, let alone speculating as to whether Biden's going to stay in office for two years and they put a black candidate in. Uh, I, I don't have an opinion about it. Let me think about it for at least 24 hours. I don't know. Uh, again, first, let's get through 2020 first. You know what I'm saying? That's number one. Listen, I am having some difficulties uh, uh, with the show today. Uh, while we got to a little a little bit of a, a late start and also with some of the visual elements of the show. So I uh, bear with me and I appreciate you. Uh, let's go back to the phones and uh, let's say good morning. Uh, good morning and welcome. Hey, Guy, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Welcome. Wonderful news. How was your weekend? It's great. Good. How about yourself? I mean, fair four square, you know. Fair four square, Still okay. Yeah. Still living and breathing. Uh, yes, sir. You know, Corona free. Uh, my uh, this uh, oh yeah, the sergeant. He got to get busted back, Nathan. Because if you're a sergeant, you're you know you have people that report to you. You know you have a, a, a you know squad or you know a group of officers that report to you. He does not deserve to be in charge of officers. Got to get kicked off of that SWAT team or whatever, and uh, and get busted back to whatever the, to the rank before a sergeant. That's un- that, that's egregious. That's unacceptable. Even the fact that he did miss. You know what I mean? You you add all that together. He's he's got to go. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be mad at that. Because, like I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, think about the context of what's going on right now. I mean, that would have could have could have been explosive in the streets of Cincinnati. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a very very tone deaf move. You know what I mean? Um, but you know what I found intriguing is when you said that uh, somebody was on Facebook hating you for your for your views. Yeah, I was uh, told that, that I was I was told that I was uh, a hater. And some other stuff I can't remember. Somebody hating you for for your views. I don't know where that would come from. You know what I'm saying? I've never heard of anything like that. That is so bizarre that somebody know, would right? hate you for where you you think. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, not I've hate never you. heard of that. Not hate you, but call you a hater. I'm saying. Well, call you a hater. Just talk unsavory of you, just because of the way you think. I I I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never heard such a concept. That's 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 awful. I know, right? God awful. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Cam Newton signed with the uh, Patriots? I did. Ten Cam Newtons in a Tahoe. I like it. I'm glad to see the brother got you know a, a, a job back in the league, you know. He signed for a total with incentives of $7.5 million. You know, he was releasing videos showing his body, he's in great shape, you know, 
uh, of him working out, doing football stuff, doing workout stuff. But your favorite protester, your favorite kneeler, he wants $20 million and doesn't have half the resume Cam has. I told you, he don't want to play. Can we dead that now? I mean, maybe you're right about that. But what's the point? So what? You don't want to play. I don't think I don't want to play. No, I'm sure. I, my, my point was is that that's how you what, what is what, what I was telling you the whole time while Colin was doing whatever, he wasn't releasing videos of him working out. He's not showing that he wants to play. Cam did, and he was willing to take less, much less. Right. This guy's got an MVP. He's he's 31 years old. Got an MVP under his belt. You know, right. he's been good all his life. He's not a, he's not a Johnny come lately. Right. Yeah. You know, right. You know, That's why I, mean? I said we need you know, majority. To, we need a, we need more or at least one majority black on NFL team. Because if we did, what I'm hoping is, is that then these black quarterbacks would get more uh, of a fair chance. If Cam Newton were white, he he wouldn't have been, you know, he, he wouldn't be at the bottom of the barrel. I think it was a little bit of racism, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Well, if he wasn't white, he would have got a whole lot more money. But the point I was making was that he was showing he wants to play. Unlike okay. the other guy, you All understand. Right. And, and 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 before I go, did you see uh, a couple people posted in your fringe fringe group? Doctor Umar's got like a contest to be his wife. Oh hell no! Like you got to fill out an application. Oh hell no! No, I didn't see that, man. I didn't see that. Yeah. Are you serious? But I, I see. Yeah, but you said hell no. I find it to be brilliant and right up his alley. Well, how so? You know, for one, he's in he's in control of the whole thing. You know, he's in control of the whole thing, and you know, as opposed to if he does something traditional, or doesn't, you know, lay, lay out guidelines, he ends up in the in the white man's court, and he don't want to do that. You know, he don't want them having no control of it. I find it to be brilliant, and you know, basically on brand. Okay, so again, I, I'm looking for it now, and uh, I'm not finding it fast enough. So, what exactly is he looking for now? What is he doing? He's he, he's making women fill out an application to be his wife. Let me Google this, man. This is uh, news to me, really. And are yeah. women actually responding? I don't know. I'm not a woman. Well, you wouldn't have to be a woman to know that. You just said, I mean, maybe like on the, on the post or whatever, somebody is leaving a comment or something. I'm looking for it now, and I, I can't find it. Well, look in your friends group. Yeah, I'm in the friends group. I, I don't see it. Oh, well, what's his name? Cam. The, the good Cam. Cam Y. The good Cam. Okay. There you go, yeah. man. Leave Cam Hardy alone. Um, let me see. But I got to go back I, I, here. I just said the good cam. There's several cams. But yeah, I know. I that's know. all I got, brother. That's all I need, uh, brother. There was something else you had said that I, that I wanted to pounce on, but I didn't write it down. So I'll holler at you. It's been real. I had fun. Appreciate you, brother. We'll go ahead and rack them. Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Daryl posted this. Wifey's apply here. Dr. Umar Johnson is having women submit resumes to be his wife. Is that right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's his business. I mean, you know, if, if he can get some women that are going to do that and they're interested in being with him, I mean, that's his business. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You should look at a marriage like a business. If people took more of the emotion out of it 
and put more of a business sort of mentality and lens into it, as in not just marrying somebody because they make you feel good, but marrying somebody because they're going to help you build the kind of life you want to build. Okay, go right ahead. You know, I'm one of them people who feel like, you know, you should have a couple of marriage tracks. You should have traditional marriage where people get married before their God forever. But I think that in America, in these days and times, we need another track. And that's the five-year marriage plan. You get married for five years, and then you renegotiate your contract. If it doesn't work, if you're not satisfied in those five years, then in a prearranged fashion, you've already pre-discussed how you're going to split. You split, right? Or if things are going good, you re-up for another five years. I think, uh, you know, you, you should make a, an operating agreement for your marriage. And operate just like you would if you was going into business with other individuals to make sure that the goals that you have are actually met. So if this is Dr. Umar Mar, Mar Johnson's way of doing it, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's between him and these prospective wives. That's you know, Let me look on this. Umar Johnson is having women submit resumes to be his wife. We should all submit resumes to get married. That's what I think. Why not? Why not? I don't understand why not. What's the problem? You know what I'm saying? He he, he might get a better outcome. <laughs> Let's be real. He might get a better outcome. We don't know. 513-873-7134. Or then some people. Because what? The majority of marriages end in divorce. Why? It's because people get married for just emotion. You know, he make me feel good. She makes me feel good. I just feel like marriage is such a serious contract that people should come together with more organization and an overall goal. What's the use of being married to somebody if y'all don't share the same ultimate goal, which is how you live your life, your quality of your life, your lifestyle, right? Am I wrong about that? No. No. People say, well, equally yoked. See, they do that in a spiritual sense, but I'm talking about in a lifestyle sense. You, you should marry somebody who, when you look forward 20, 30 years, wants to be in the same place as you do. Like, if you want to buy a home, you shouldn't marry somebody who doesn't want to buy a home. If you want to have kids, you shouldn't marry somebody who doesn't want to have kids. You should marry somebody that, that mirrors your long-term goals, not your short-term goals, but your long-term goals. That's just how I look at it. But uh, what do I know? 513-873-7134. If you'd like to share your thoughts this morning. If you're wondering, well, where is Nate? I'm here, but I'm having a little bit of difficulties with my screen and some of the images um, that, I, that I bring to the show on a regular basis. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back in better than ever tomorrow morning. But uh, to this morning, um, uh, please bear with me as I did with this. Perhaps I can get it fixed here during the middle of the show. With that, we're going to take our first break. We'll come right back. Currently 9.25 a.m. in the Queen City. Don't go anywhere.
Charlie Winburn with Renew Community Church. It seems like the coronavirus came from nowhere. I have some good news that if you never, never quit and don't give up out of nowhere, the way will be made for you and your family. Take your life back. Join Renew Community Church each Sunday, 11.45 a.m. on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Renew. Rewrite your life while at home. Join Renew Community Church for the 12-week Rewrite.me series each Sunday on Facebook Live. Renew your life at home. Go to sundayconnectcircle.org for a free 12-week 200-page PDF. Take your power back. Rewrite your life. Join Renew Community Church each Sunday at 11.45 a.m. on Facebook Live, facebook.com, C-I-N-C-I Renew. I am Charlie Winberg, and remember, out of nowhere, the way will be made for you and your family. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and LNTCP. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Again, having a little bit of technical, sorry, a little bit of technical difficulties with the uh, visual aspect of the show. Uh, my apologies. I'll try to get that taken care of as soon as I can. Let me go to the chop shop and say good morning. Brenda's first. She writes Happy Monday. Miss D writes Greetings. Mason Mahler writes Morning Nate and the Choppers. Cause some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. Hashtag same OG. Hashtag free Chris Matthews, free Dr. Fauci. Hashtag spray and neuter all wolves. Uh, Tracy writes, hi, good morning to you. Ashley writes, good morning, Nathan and the Choppers. Good morning as well. Kelly writes, good morning. Sharp writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Last week of June, what's next for the next six months? I mean, wow. I mean, just think about what's happened so far in 2020. Just amazing things. I mean, Kobe Bryant, COVID-19, shutdown, quarantine, uh, the death of George Taylor, Brianna, I'm sorry, George Floyd, Brianna Taylor, um, the, the, the social unrest, various movements around the country, around the world. 
And it's still not over with. Like I said, there were hundreds of people that marched through the city of Cincinnati, downtown Cincinnati, just on Saturday, despite the weather. So that energy is still there. I love the energy. I 100% love that energy. Stay in the streets. There's some kind of, have you noticed that in the city of Cincinnati, like in certain parts, uh, I live in the Coryville area, so maybe it's not happening everywhere, but there's like this orange dust that's everywhere. I read that they're saying it's some kind of fungus, but they don't know where it's coming from, the scientists. The hell, what is that? But what in the world is the next six months going to bring? I do not know. Well, we do have an election in November. That'll be interesting. But beyond that, we have no idea. We are living in the last days of common sense, my friends. Welcome to the new America. We take these steps into the great unknown together. Together every morning. And we chop it up here on the Nathan Ivey Show, broadcasting live from beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, see, Sharp writes, uh, I think I read that. Tanika writes, good morning, Nathan Chapas. Jared writes, good morning, hashtag team and I. Sissy Tigris writes, great morning, Nate and the Choppers. Drops in the house. He writes, Russia, if you're listening, the desperate Democrats need your help again. The Russian reset by the New York Times, a.k.a. the lamestream media. Good morning, Choppers. Good morning to you, Drop. Uh, Drop, what do you think about John Bolton? Or did I ask you that already? He has been... Um, uh, he's he, he he has been dropping some bombs on the Trump administration. I mean, basically, he's confirmed a lot of what the speculation is about him, that Trump is a complete narcissist who only cares about how he looks and he will say and do anything. He lies at the drop of a hat and that he was begging world leaders to help him win the election. And Trump wants to be, he, I mean, listen, once you're in power, you want to stay in power. Most Most first-term politicians want what? A second term. I'm sure that being president is a pretty good gig. And then plus, Barack Obama got two terms. And as much as Trump criticized Barack Obama for being a bad president, he needs to get two terms so he can be on par. It's almost like, you know, Kobe Kobe Bryant chasing chasing, uh, Michael Jordan in terms of championship rings. He wants to get as many as the GOAT. I don't know if that's really going to happen. We shall see. We got an election to come uh, coming up in November. Don't fall asleep. Even if you don't care about the presidential election, you got those down ballot issues. You got the state issues. You got those local issues. Don't fall asleep. Pat Rice, good morning. Hagatha Christie Rice, good morning. Rostin here. The alt middle is for the children. Suggesting we are anything else has me disgusted. Y'all just have generally bad disposition. That's not disgusted. Right. Okay. Uh, Drop rights, no justice, no peace. Brian writes morning. Miss, Miss, uh, Mike D writes rise and shine, young stars. Absolutely. Hashtag uh, I'm people army for life. Uh, Drop rights, shout out to the alt middle near affiliates. Uh, guilty white people have taken over the Black Lives Matter movement. Democrats have all the good white folks. Hashtag guilty white privilege. You know, Karen's still out here. I've seen some more Karen videos. I seen a video of a black woman who was at a swimming pool and uh, I guess she worked at the particular hotel. Uh, I guess she's doing her duty and she goes out there and wants to check the ID and the qualifications. You know, she wants to make sure if the woman was actually supposed to be there. And the woman was there with her kids. 
See, that's how these folks are. They don't care if you're with your kids or not. They don't care what the situation is. You know what I'm saying? They don't care if you feel embarrassed. They don't care how you feel. And so the the white attendant, I guess she worked at the um at this particular establishment, she calls the police. The police show up and start asking this woman for ID and everything. You know, they're trying to ascertain whether she was a guest at the hotel. Well, the woman showed her a card. She showed the little the little card you used to get inside of the, the place. And they start asking her questions like, what room, what room? And rightfully so. So the woman was like, I don't have to tell you what room. I'm not going to tell you what room I'm in. Who knows what you're going to do with my children? So then the police start going over to her car and taking down her license plate. Why? Because that's the trick, the game that the police do. You know, it's like, oh, well, let me run your place to see if there's anything on your record. If there's anything on your record, then we got you. We can arrest you. We'll show you. And the woman was simply at the pool with her children. That's it. And to me, enough is enough. I mean, it should have been enough after I watched the video. It should have been enough when the woman said, look, I'm with my children, and she showed them her card. But that wasn't enough because you could have stole that card so you could get in here and swim with your kids. Like, do people really do that? Do people really break into, uh, and not even break into, but do people who are not guests at hotels take their children to the hotel pool? I I can see like a grown individual doing something like that, but who's going to take their children? You know, you're not a guest at the hotel and you're going to take your children to the hotel, let them get into the pool. And you know that it could lead to a confrontation. I just, to me, that just seems like, it just seems like something that nobody's really going to do. I just can't see that. And then when the black woman tried to tell him like, look, no, no, you know, I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. Here's my, here's my information and everything. That wasn't good enough. The police wanted to see ID. ID? I got to show you ID now? So I'm not mad at that woman. I would have did the exact same thing. I wouldn't have showed you a damn thing other than I have a card. Now, if you want to go through all of this and you want to call the police, great. That opens you up for liability because now you've embarrassed me. Now you made me feel uncomfortable. She said she was there on business. You know, black and out of town on business. And you got to deal with a Karen who wants to try to exercise her authority and her power over you. That's all it was. Like she had nothing better to do than to do that. Yeah, I saw the video. Also, in terms of Cincinnati news, there was a there was a little bit of a um, let's just say that the temperature was rising over the weekend for a couple of reasons. Not the least of which is it was reported that one of the officers that murdered Brianna Taylor had bought a home in the Cincinnati area. That's right. One of the officers that killed Brianna Taylor, and that is a fact. And this is a woman who was doing nothing wrong by all accounts. She's a law-abiding citizen, minding her own business. And because of this no-knock warrant and because of, you know, the arrogance of police, she ends up dead. And this officer, this former officer who's been fired, purchased a home in the Cincinnati area. And I'm telling you, the bat signal went up. People was not happy. There's still a phrase from fame. People were disgusted. Very disgusted. And then Cincinnati Inquirer reported that, in fact, that, you know, this officer is not moving to Cincinnati. Some people were trying to say that he was going to be hired by the Cincinnati police force 
I didn't read or hear anything like that. You know, what I heard and what I read was that this officer, this former officer from Louisville, purchased a home. Perhaps it's an investment home. Just think about that. Even if it's an investment home, there's a part of it that I wish I could block. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 try to don't don't kill this unarmed black woman. Then come to try to buy an investment property and take advantage of the of gentrification here in the city of Cincinnati. I mean, I know that's unfair, but that's the way I looked at it. And in terms of him moving here and living in Cincinnati, we don't want Louisville's trash here. They just kicked you out. We don't want you here. And the Cincinnati Police Department on all social media put out a, an immediate statement saying that's not how it works, which I thought was a little bit whatever. But they put out a statement as if we don't know how it works, as if he can just be hired just like that. Nobody was speculating that. But I never heard that the officer, this former officer, was going to be hired in Cincinnati. I never heard that. What I heard was that the man purchased a home here in Cincinnati and that people were trying to get to the bottom of was he was it an investment property or was he going to live here himself? But we don't need no, no murderous ass rogue police officers who killed a woman, an unarmed woman in Louisville, coming to Cincinnati and bringing your toxic trash. We don't need all that here. Take that somewhere else. Keep that in Louisville. Go to another part of Kentucky. We don't want you here. We got enough problems here. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I mean, people are going to posse up. I'm telling you, that was going to be a bad situation right there. But I'm glad to see that's not what the case was. But apparently this officer, this former officer, bought an investment home here. But all the places in Cincinnati, I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, Tamaya Denard is expected to to enter a guilty plea today in federal court. That's what's being reported. You remember, Tamaya Denard was a member of city council, and she stepped away after it came out that um, she was she admitted to obtaining about fifteen thousand dollars in connection to what pumps what in, in connection to a scheme that um, prosecutors say was sort of like quid pro quo, like you know. You know, she was taking money from people and then that might have swayed the way she was going to vote. I'm reading that she is going to, it's been expected that she is going to plead, to formally plead guilty today. Now, what does that mean for the future? Does that mean that she's going to do jail time? Uh, We'll find out here later today. We'll find out. Uh, I'm not happy to hear that. I'm really not. Like I said, I mean, in terms of her politics, I thought that Tamaya Denard was spot on. And it was the kind of voices that we need on city council, uh, fearless and tearless voices uh, that will speak up for the community in a way that we really haven't heard before. Not saying that other people are not, but I thought that she especially was in a unique way. And, you know, I'm just sad to see this happen uh, to a career. But we all have to take responsibility for our own actions. That's how it goes. And it looks like that's exactly what she has done. That's what it looks like. 513 if you want to share your thoughts this morning. Uh, reading more of your chat. If you're not disgusted by Donald Trump's tweet of his supporters riding around on golf course screaming white power, you ain't black. L-M-B-A-O, a black conservatives on a daily basis. Yeah, Donald Trump loves to retweet things. And so he retweeted a video in which a white man can be seen and heard saying white power. And then they the white, it was up for a few hours, then the White House took it down. And the message from the White House was, is that Donald Trump, the president, didn't see that part. He just saw the part where, you know, his supporters were, you know, they were Trump supporters. And Donald Trump is so narcissistic that that might be true. He might have looked at the video 
and saw the first part of it and been like, oh, supporters, and just tweeted it without looking at all of it. I can totally see that happening. But just think about that. The president of the United States retweeted a video of a white man saying white power. Just think about that for a second and let it sink in. Just let it sink in. The president of the United States is tweeting videos with white men saying white power on it. But he's not a racist though, right? It was just a mistake. Where did he do that at? We ain't been doing this since birth of a nation. I mean, what's next? Is Donald Trump going to screen uh, Birth of a Nation at the White House again? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on that with black conservatives. I don't understand it. Uh, again, I, I think you're responsible for the things that you do. I'm not saying this is the biggest issue with Donald Trump. I'm more concerned about the policies he put in place and how it affects us. But again, the president of the United States, the man who, remember Charlottesville, who said, oh, there's good people on both sides. Wait a minute, the other side is Nazis, racist, open white supremacists, Aryan nation, Aryan brotherhood. Those are good people? Okay. And now he's retweeting videos with white males saying white power. This is the president of the United States. I think people should do whatever they think they should do with that. You know, however you feel compelled to deal with it, I think people should deal with it. Uh, for me, it's... Um, it's not going to change my opinion uh, one way or the other. What is this? Okay, somebody just sent me something. I'm going to tell you all later about the BS and racist ish that happened to me last night at Gala Park, downtown Cincinnati last night. They don't want blacks there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Appreciate it. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's up, Sandra? Good morning to you. Candy Rice, my wonderful tax dollars at work. Trying to kill someone that's trying to kill himself, not the cops. Great job. May writes, nah, people don't put their children in harm's way. Uh, Mary writes, good morning, fine people. Good morning to you. Hey, Tracy, thank you for the like and the share. I appreciate it. Uh, I am having some visual difficulties. Obviously, you can still hear me. But with the visual aspect of the show this morning, I'm having a few difficulties. Please bear with it. I'll get it taken care of by tomorrow. Uh, I'm on the air right now. That's what I can do. Uh, Brian Rice, good morning. I think I read that. On this day in 1941 was born master teacher Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Kwame Torre. Thank you for that. Uh, C.G. Dubs in the house. She writes, good morning, Choppers. Uh, Mike Jones writes, good morning, Choppers. Clue Magic writes, good morning, Nate and Choppers. Good morning, everybody. Mason Muller writes, white Trump supporters. Riding around screaming, white power matters. White power. This is the president of the United States. But then he just says, oops, my bad. You ever notice that everybody can make a snake except black folks? Because black folks, when you make a little small mistake, you got to pay. Like that brother Richard. Oh, boy, you put a video up saying after coronavirus, you are the coronavirus. Remember this? He called uh, Governor Mike DeWine, Mike DeWine a white cracker. Oh, boy, you got to go to jail for how long was he in jail? 11 days? Something crazy? You know, black folks, you make the smallest mistake. Even black folks will say you deserve it. Was it Rashad Brooks, I think? R Brother Rashad, I can't remember his last name. Yeah, here in Cincinnati, he put out a video because they was having a little party downtown. I'm never going to let Cincinnati forget this. And law enforcement lost their mind. 
How dare he do a video saying F coronavirus? Now, all kinds of white folks are saying it with their actions as well. No problems. <laughs> no problem. That brother never should have went to jail. That was a damn shame. Plumagic writes that shotguns are color-coded. Why aren't the rounds? Apparently, they are color-coded, Clue Magic. That's what the uh, police chief said. But the officer was just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the officer was drinking. Did they test the officer? I mean, you make a mistake like that. I don't think it's it's a stretch to assume that maybe you've been impaired by some kind of drugs or something. Maybe he was smoking something. Maybe he was ingesting something. Maybe he was injecting something. Maybe he was in, imbibing something. Maybe he was drinking something. I don't know. But that's a huge mistake. Again, again, when you make a mistake, you pay for it. When the government makes a mistake, you pay for it. I'll say it again. When you make a mistake as a citizen, you pay for it. Sam DeBose didn't have a uh, front license plate. Now he's dead. You pay for it. You pay for it. You got tinted windows, all that tense, a little bit too dark. You're going to pay for it. When they make a mistake, you pay for it. There's no accountability whatsoever. Or very little accountability when it really matters, in my opinion. Brian writes, he was unloading those big bag shells as it is. He was too gung-ho as it is. He's one of them. One of them. One of them, he writes. I mean, how many times are they going to shoot this brother? They tased him. They hit him with pepper balls, bean bags. I mean, what else? Damn. I mean, what else? Brian writes, I get they were happy he wasn't killed, but I would have been pissed if the officer made that kind of mistake. Yeah, we should all be outraged about that. Uh, Mila J writes, off subject, but, but Choppers, I just found a cute black-owned coffee shop in Evanston owned by two black women. 3546 Montgomery Road called Cream and Sugar. Okay, thank you for that. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Clue Magic writes, it didn't have the desired effect is what Isaac meant to say. Yeah, I know that's what he meant to say, Clue, but that's not what he said. As leaders, and you get in front of podiums, you should be very intentional with every word, especially in the context of this. This careless use of words can open the door for somebody to be mis to be abused in the future. Because it's like, there's no effect. There is an effect. It may not have the desired effect, but there is an effect. Chief Isaac in the big old, he's in a big press conference over the weekend saying, well, they tased them, no effect. No, there is an effect. He just didn't go down. He didn't stop and acquiesce to your demands. The problem with, see, if their mentality is there's no effect, then they're just going to keep on hitting you. That's what the problem is. Oh, he didn't, there's no effect. Let's hit him with 15 more beanbags. Oh, I shot him with the taser. There's no effect. Everybody tase him. That's what the problem is. And physiologically and scientifically, that is not facts. Uh, law enforcement officials, leaders should speak facts when they spec, spec up to the mic. Across the board, especially in all situations, especially in situations we're talking about police officers engaging with citizens and using any kind of measures. Lethal anomalies. You know, it's always non-lethal until somebody dies. And then they'll say, oh, well, he had hypertension. He had diabetes. That's why he died. It wasn't the 50,000 volts. It's because he had hypertension. He was overweight. 
as if he was just going to fall dead if you didn't do it. See, it's, it's the little things that matter, man. Death by a thousand cuts. Miss Tiffany writes, do beanbag rounds and regular shotgun bullets look the same? Well, from what the chief said, no. They're color-coded. They're color-coded. Hagatha Christie writes, OG, relax. Just take a sharp mind approach. What is Dan Hill's job at the end of the day? Question mark. Doesn't matter if we like it or not. As a union president, officers are never wrong, and he has to express that sentiment. He is a figurehead. Go at the union and make them change their policies or get a new union. Cassandra writes, hey, Choppers, good morning to you. Ayatollah Black's in the house. He writes, uh, good morning, Alt Middle. Middle. He writes, Denard, please, today at 2 p.m. before it's judged a lot. And Alt Middle will be live reporting. Are you going to Alt Middle? You going to report that? You going to report that? Why? Uh, again, I don't take any pleasure, anything out of seeing um, black folks caught up in a legal system. Uh, Clumazic writes, no, John, white folks don't have a short memory when it comes to black people. We don't get the second chances. And if we do, they never let you forget why you needed the second chance in the first place. A la Mike Vick. Uh, Drop writes, you can't hold America on lockdown again. Well, see, Drop, that goes back to what I told you. Because when you was calling in, supporting and protecting Donald Trump, talking about how the media keeps talking about COVID-19, this is the reason why. This is the reason why, drop. Because they were afraid that having a president who tries to downplay everything that doesn't automatically work in his favor could have an impact on the health of the country. We reopened the states too fast. That's the facts. Ohio reopened too fast. Facts. Florida reopened too fast. Those are the facts. I blame the politicians. They didn't have to do that. But they gave in to the white press. It was primarily white people in these states that was putting pressure on them. And they gave in to it. And now because of it, more people are testing positive and people are getting sick. That's what it is. It's a cause in effect. It's their fault. It didn't have to go down like that, Drop. So when you was yabba-dabba doing it, making excuses, talking about why they keep talking about COVID-19? Why does the media keep questioning Donald Trump as to why he did this and said that about COVID-19? Now we see why. I tried to tell you. You acting like it was some kind of Democrat plot. It was never a plot. It was about accountability and public health. Now people sick. The, the COVID-19 numbers spiking in various counties, including Hamilton County and Cincinnati. Everybody looking like, what do we do? Well, you know what we need to do. They know what they need to do, but they just don't have the will to do it because our, 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 our Mike DeWine is a human sock pocket. He's a wind sock. Whatever the strongest prevailing wind is going, that's the way he's going to go. He has no backbone whatsoever. I have no respect for it, man. I'm sorry. I know. And what's up with that? Uh, Minority Health Strike Force. What's, what's up with that? What's up with that? Hey, Dwayne, thank you. Hey, hey, Ron, Rob, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the likes and shares. What's up with that? Explain that to me. 513-873-7134. Explain that to me. Uh, let me see here. 
I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but let me go back to your chat. That's where I want to be. Jordan writes, Mila J, I read your post to Northside Group. What was the name of the company who disrespected you when they arrived? What? What happened, Mila J? A drop rise, the BET Awards was an endorsement for rioting and looting. Huh? What happened, Mila J? What happened? Uh, BET Awards went to Richie's Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial, which won Album of the Year. Megan The Stallion for Best Female Hip Hop Artist, and Lizzo was named Best Female R&B Pop Artist. Okay. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll catch the, the bits and pieces and clips on YouTube later, but it is what it is. Uh, let me see. Um. Uh, Ray Rice, Grand Rising, it's all good to see you, Ray. Brother Mazzone Rice, I'm late, but good morning, Choppers. Good morning to you. Mike Jones Rice, Tim Scott even called that ish out, and he loves tap dancing. Nathan, just getting the chop shot. Did Bruce schedule an interview with you? Let me see. Let me. I haven't checked all my messages this morning. Let me see here. I don't expect it. I don't expect for Bruce to ever speak with us here. Um, Jane just sent me a message saying that her speaker account has been suspended again. I don't know why, Jane. You know, I certainly wouldn't have did nothing like that. I have no idea. Let me double check. Uh, I'll I'll send a message to Spreaker and see why. I don't know why. I have no idea. That's news to me. Um, and not happy news, actually. And that's not good news at all. Not happy to hear that one bit. But let me double check on that. Hopefully she can hear the show this morning or at least view, view the show on Facebook. I'm not sure, but somebody brought, so back to Ray though. No, I haven't heard from, um, I haven't heard from Bruce Hoffbauer. I don't expect to hear from Bruce Hoffbauer. I'm glad to see the other folks are picking up on this story. I know Charmaine McGuffey's talking about this as well. She should, I mean, she's running against them, but you know, it's something interesting I hadn't thought about before. And I got this from the McGuffey campaign. It was a part of the, they had a press conference last week and, they had some literature that went along with it. And I didn't know this. This is quite interesting. But so Bruce Hoffbauer uh, is a white male. He used to be on the Cincinnati police force. I think he was part of the Vortex squad. And back in the 90s, he killed an unarmed man named Willie Brown, Walter Brown. I wonder if the Walter Brown family is still around. I'd love to interview them and get their side of things. He was unarmed, by the way. And uh, Bruce Hoffbauer was not alone. He was with another officer. Okay, so just imagine this. And apparently, uh, Walter Brown charged them, and uh, Bruce Hoffbauer was so afraid of his for his life that he ended up killing Walter Brown. Now, ultimately, he was exonerated and stayed on the force, but we all know that the systems that were in place in the 90s are not the same si systems that are in place today. And if that same situation would have happened today, maybe the officers would have been trained differently, maybe they would have had a different mentality, but I think for sure they would have been held more accountable. But what I thought was interesting is there's a quote here from the then city manager, Jerry Newfarmer. Now, I'm reading this because I know that Bruce Hoffbauer put out a statement, and I read that statement on the show on Friday talking about how it was a suicide by cop, which is very troubling. It's very troubling. Very, very troubling. Maybe that's the way he has to process it. Um, and, um, and then he was later exonerated and all this other stuff. He said something about a whisper campaign. But who's been whispering? We've been loud, local, and vocal. Nobody's whispering. We, we're not afraid. It is what it is. I think it should be a campaign issue. 
I think voters should take it into consideration when they decide who they're going to vote. And I think that Bruce Hoffbauer should come to the black community, should speak with somebody, and sit down and ask questions. Now, we broke the story here first. So it makes sense he would talk with us first, but us first, but it is what it is to talk with whoever he wants to. But this is a quote from uh, manager Jerry Newfarmer at the time who said, quote, excessive force was used in this instance. Factually, that happened. There is no question this individual should not have died. I don't believe a human life should have been taken. This conclusion is based on the observation that the two professional police officers working together should have been able to cope with one unarmed, if violent, suspect in a way that did not result in his death. You know, I guess today we've got different standards. And that's my point. You know, this same situation happened today. There, there might have been a different result for Mr. Bruce Hoffauer. And the only reason that he was able to stay on the police force is because those systems were not in place and the mentality was different. There was less accountability for police in the 90s than there is now. There's nobody who can argue against that. This is facts. There was less accountability for Cincinnati police officers in the 90s than there is now. That is indisputable. Nobody can argue against that. And um, when I read that statement from Bruce Hoffbauer, I was disappointed. I would have liked to have seen something different. There was another way of dealing with it, but it is what it is. He's going to double down on what he did and how he feels about it. It is what it is. I just think that there's different standards in place today. And uh, I think that transparency is key. And uh, to the friends of Bruce Hoffbauer going on 700-WOW and 55KRC ain't going to get it. That's not the same as speaking here on the Nathan Ivey show. They're not going to ask you. They don't, number one, they don't care about it the same way. Number two, they're not going to ask you the same questions. They're not going to hold you as accountable as we are here. And that's the reason why Bruce doesn't want to talk with us. But that's fine. The story's out now. So it is what it is. People know about it. And uh, that was the whole point in the first place. Uh, 513-873-7134. I just want you to know about it. You make your own decision. You might be like, I don't care about that name. I'm going to vote for some other reasons. Cool. Do you. You should absolutely 100% do you. When it comes to your vote, it's your vote. It's your vote, 100%. Do you. If it doesn't matter to you, don't matter to you. If it does, it does. Okay, so yesterday, about, about 12 hours ago, I posted this. Symbols are not tangibles. Black people in Cincinnati are in the same position with or without a Black Lives Matter mural outside of City Hall. Don't fall asleep, family. Now, can anybody tell me if there's anything negative in what that in that statement? Those are one, two, those are three sentences. Can anybody point to anything negative in any of those three sentences? Because I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with it. I, I think if we all fair and we grown folks, I speak facts. So let me take it from the top. Symbols are not tangibles. Is there anybody out there that disputes that? 513-873-7134. It's oxymoronic, quite honestly. Two completely different things. Can we all agree as adults with that statement? Symbols are not tangibles, especially symbols that you don't control, that you don't own. I don't think there's anybody out there. My phone lines are open right now. 513-873-7134. I don't think there's anybody out there that would dispute that. Right? Oh, we got Glenn calling in. Hey, Glenn, I'm going to bring you straight on, brother. Here's the second sentence I posted. 
black people in Cincinnati are in the same position with or without a Black Lives Matter mural outside of Cincinnati, Cincinnati City Hall. Let's stop right there and just, just analyze and soak in this, this sentence all by itself. And I want somebody to call in and or you can text me or leave a message and tell me what is negative about that. Tell me what's not factual about that. I'll say it again. The statement I made is and stand by is that black people in Cincinnati are in the same position with or without a Black Lives Matter mural outside of City Hall. As we sit here today, we are in the same position we were a year ago or even three months ago. Is that facts? Yes or no? As I understand it, those are facts. You cannot get mad if somebody is spitting facts at you. If you got a problem with facts, you need to grow up. You need to stop being sensitive and you need to be more mature. And look at it for what it is. Okay. Those are facts, people. Uh, there's nothing negative about that. And uh, if people take it negatively, that's because they're too close to it or they're just overly sensitive about it. You know, that's just how I look at it. And uh, look, yeah, let me look at this right here. Um, this is uh, this is from Colissa. She writes, my five-year-old was in awe of the mural. Her words, this is good. Her understanding of Black Lives Matter, the government protesting comes first from me. What she sees and hears in her community needs to be a united voice. No one thing will stand alone to get what we need accomplished. But the negativity and tearing each other down is a waste of energy directed elsewhere. Where's the negativity, Kalissa? Show me where somebody's tearing somebody down. I don't, I don't see it. Where do you see that? See, that's what's divisive. It's trying to twist the words into something that you want to make it to be so you can understand it. That's what the problem is. That's what the real division is. And I asked, I pressed Kalissa like, okay, Kalissa, maybe I just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, you know, you say things and you think you, you're putting one thing out, but maybe you are communicating something else. So I asked her like, can you show me where it is? And I never got it really. She said, that was just my thoughts. We're all entitled to our opinions, but we're not entitled to our own facts. And the facts remains is that what I have said about the mural is true. It's indisputable. People may not like it, but that's not stopping. That's not negative. That's not being off code. It's facts, people. Get out of your feelings. Think. The, all that emotionalism is what the problem is in our community. Think. 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 Stop feeling and think. Think. We gotta, we, we're not going to feel our way to liberation, we're going to have to think our way there. Stop, get out of your feelings about what you like and think. Think. Think before you post. Actually read what, what's being posted so you can understand the context of what's actually being communicated. It's amazing. Just amazing to me. I don't get it. Um, but the negativity and tearing each other down I'm not tearing anything down. 
the friction caused by a 5,000 cars a day going over the mural is tearing the mural down. That's what's tearing something down. Get it right. Get out of your feelings, family. This doesn't make no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And then these estrogenic men, man, stay. It's it's too much soy in our in a lot of American diet. And when soy gets into your body at a high concentration, you know what it does? It takes down your testosterone level. It makes you estrogenic. Think, think. I mean, some of this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I ain't gonna go on and on and on about it because there's bigger issues. And again, I say I support all efforts in our community. Um, that support the black family and uh, push us in a positive direction, whether it's a mural or policy or whatever else. But you can't ask intelligent people to not be intelligent just because it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. And then Alandis, who was the woman behind it, she wrote this. I love the haters. It makes me work harder, just wasn't prepared for it to be us. You should be working 100,000% hard right now. It shouldn't take somebody on Facebook to say something you don't like to make you work hard. And again, so we all understand who we're talking to and who you listen to right now. I'm too blessed to be stressed. When you got love and blessings in your life, hate is not something that you have. Hater? What is this, a rap battle? I don't like your rhymes? Come on now, we got to grow up and take the egos and emotions out of it. Period. And as, as again, as I read these comments, nobody disputed anything that I said. People want to turn into something else. Come on, folks. Again, I took my daughter down there. She liked it, too. I like it. I do. I think it'd be a shame. I stand by everything I said. It ain't going to change a thing. Black people are in the same position now as we were six months ago. You know why? Because symbols are not tangibles. It's just so funny. I mean, I see Atlantis is on here like, hey, just wait and see what's going to happen. As if I don't want good things to happen. I'm going to prove you wrong. I hope you do. There's no reason not to prove me wrong because we both agree. We both agree that symbols are not tangible and the real work is outside the mural. So if we agree with this, what's the problem? I don't get it. This <laughs> is it's ridiculous. It's, it's I, I don't get it. You tell me. Uh, Samson writes, I still like it. It changes how you feel. And when you feel better, you do better. We need something. Symbolism has great power. That's why we are taking the statues down. But I hope Cincinnati work together to ensure the community is safe. Okay, brother. Absolutely. Hey, what's up, Lenny? Uh, good to see everybody. Appreciate you. What's up, Craig? Good to see everybody. I'm just saying, I mean, we, we need to speak with intentionality and understand without just speaking with emotions all the time. But again, enough of me. I mean, more of you. Let's go straight to the phones and say good morning. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Mr. Ivy. This is your West Side Connection, Drop Squad 52, calling in from the left coast, also known as the People's Republic of California. Mr. Ivy, great show. Good morning, Great you, show this morning. Um, and good morning to you. And, oh, man, while I was on hold waiting, it sounded like you You sounded like me. Trying to get people to, to, you know, stop hating on me. Read stuff. Get it in context. 
stop putting words in my mouth. But Mr. Ivy, I made a little video about that um, the day that you uh, that you had that opinion on your show. I made a little video and I posted it for you. So, okay. Because um, I love your passion. And uh, I try to add a little graphic to it. You know, I'm trying to, you know, do some things in my retirement. Uh, you're not trying, trying brother. You're doing it. You're not trying. You're doing it. Uh, but, but, Mr. Ivy, you know my saying. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. I'll, I'll be going on three years. Three years retirement. Uh, matter of fact, tomorrow. Oh, really? Tomorrow. Three, yep. Three years ago, 2017. Okay, that's I big. Hung up, I hung up my mail satchel. But, Mr. Ivy, enough about me and a little bit about our lamestream media, Mr. Ivy, and the travesty that they have portrayed over the last few days in covering what's going on in this country, Mr. Ivy. And um, you read one of my posts last night, BET Awards. It was nothing more than an endorsement for young black people to go in the streets, throw Molotov cocktails. Um, vandalized businesses, loot businesses, and, and and just, I mean, you got to see it, Mr. Ivy. The clips are out there, and that's what I saw. And then the fact that the media is not covering what is happening with these so-called Black Lives Matter protests for the brutality that black people have suffered under the corruption and the racist uh, white police officers in, the, in, the, in this country. And Mr. Ivey, white people, guilty white people, privileged guilty white people have taken over the so-called Black Lives Movement. The movement is nothing but a moment. They are doing nothing more than using Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson tactics to extort from these businesses. But because these businesses are used to it, they're just offering symbolism, like you said, Mr. Ivy, symbolic gestures, like a makeup company, Mr. Ivy. I'm not even going to say the name of the company, but a makeup company making an announcement that they're going to remove the words whitening, tone, from all of their products. I mean, Mr. Ivy. And they're getting kudos from our lamestream media. But they're not reporting the 10-year-old that was murdered over the weekend in Chicago. The over 100 people well, that if, have been shot. Well, how do you know about Father's it if they're not Day. reporting it? Mr. Ivy, and you know, let's not go down that road. You know what I mean when I say lamestream media. I'm not talking about Twitter accounts. I'm not talking about um, podcasts. Okay, I'm not talking about Instagram accounts. I'm not talking about Facebook Live accounts. You know what I mean, and all those places that I just said, you can get credible information that the media, the lamestream media, is not covered, covering. Because all those stories are local stories that are covered by the local news stations in those cities and the activists in those cities and the residents in those cities, Mr. Ivy are pulling out their cell phones. They're doing Facebook. They're, they're fed up. And they're like, well, wait a minute. You got all these people protesting for George Floyd and Rashard Taylor. And, and they're like, but we get no coverage. A three-year-old girl was shot last week, 10-year-old teenagers 
losing their lives, Miss Trey, no, no media coverage. And then, to cap it all off, this morning, I mean Friday, There's plenty New of York Times, right? New York Times, and an anonymous source reports that Russia was paying a bounty to the Taliban to kill American soldiers. How fucking, oh, excuse me, how stupid does that sound, Mr. Ivey? What credit did that come from John Bolton? He was there at the time when this happened. Is he the anonymous source? Because, Mr. Ivey, the Taliban gets funding from a lot of people, including Iran. Okay, so if money was coming from some other communist or, or, or Iranian country that was giving money to the Taliban, but the New York Times says that there's a bounty on American soldiers. Mr. Ivy, the Taliban, they kill Americans. That's what they do. Why would they need a bounty from Russia? So again, Mr. Ivy, if the lamestream media think they can run Joe Biden's campaign for him, Mr. Ivy, are you serious? A bounty? 100%. It's not inconceivable. It's a I mean, look at the NFL, man. I mean, you have players that get paid millions of dollars to go out and play, but they still had bounties right. to get particular sacks and to take out certain players. I mean, it's not inconceivable. But it's, in this day and time that we're living in right now, it is, considering the history of the New York Times and they, how they handled the Russia case, and then they have the audacity to try to bring Russia back in and all the major networks, Mr. Ivy, on the Sunday shows this morning, the lead story is this Russia thing. Did the president know? And we don't even want to talk about the Twitter thing. Because I know you don't want to you talk said about it. it best. No, 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 no. You said it best, Mr. Ivy, when you said that Donald Trump is so narcissist that he probably didn't even even turn – you're on Twitter, Mr. Ivy, and you know, depending on the type of uh, 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 Twitter app, there's no sound when you're scrolling. You have to touch the video to turn the sound on. You know that, right, Mr. Ivy? Yeah, I know that, but you also know okay, that the president so, of the United no, no, States no, 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 tweeted Mr. a video finish, in which a can white finish, male please? said white power. Can I finish? Can I finish? Please. Absolutely. Okay, because I... Because you're getting ready to put words in my mouth before I even open my mouth, okay? All I'm saying is, Mr. Ivy, that when you're on Twitter, you know as well as I do, and you said it, Donald Trump is that narcissist. He's scrolling, and, and someone forward him something with text. He reads it. At the bottom, attaches a video. Now, if you don't hit the button, all you see is, Donald Trump banners on the golf course. It's in the villages in Florida. Boom, you retweet. Those are my people. And then later, it's like, oh, shit, white power. Oh, fuck, I'm screwed. Think, about the, Donald kids. Trump. think, think about the kids. Think about the kids. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Sorry. But it's Donald Trump. Everybody, he's already branded a racist. So Sounds like it doesn't matter to irrelevant. you. Sounds like it doesn't matter yeah, to it you. Doesn't. Because to me, but the way I look at it is, this is not the first time, Mr. Ivy. Well, the way I look at it is, at worst, he's a racist who knowingly was spreading this video to send a message to other white supremacists in which this white male said white power. Or, or he's an idiot. Or he is completely like, irresponsible. 
Either way, we don't need him in the White House. Mr. Ivy, we all know Donald Trump is a fucking, uh, is an idiot. I don't know why I'm cussing so much. I don't know why you're cussing Um, either, but. uh, I don't either. Um, But we all know Donald Trump is Donald Trump, okay? He's done this type of stuff on Twitter. He's done it like five or six times. So as a black Republican, my question to you is, and you just admitted, we've got a president who's either uh, uh, a straight-up racist or a straight-up irresponsible idiot. Are you going to vote for him in 2020? He is the person that is the the candidate for the Republican Party. I already told you, Mr. Ivey. But you didn't answer my question. Told you. Are you going to vote we for this man? We already know yes or it's no? the latter. It's the latter. Yes He's or no? He's a fucking idiot. He's an idiot sometimes, Mr. Ivey. We all know that. Either you're going to vote for him or that. you're not. I'm just simply asking you, Drop. You a straight up, brother. Okay. You keep it real. Okay, Are you going to vote for him, yes or no? I'm voting for the Republican candidate on the ticket. I am not voting for Joe Biden. I am not voting for a third party. But I'm, I'm going to vote because I know if I don't vote for Trump, racist or not, if I don't vote for him, we're going to get Joe Biden. And everything that you're seeing happening across the country with the lawlessness, with, pe- with people taking over sections of a city, police not doing their job. People just running. Mr. I. So that's a yes. I want to make sure we're clear. Is Is that a yes? You are going to vote for this man who you said is either a straight up racist or a straight up uh, irresponsible idiot. You are going to vote for him. But you gave me a choice because, you know, you know, good and dang well, because of who Donald Trump is. Okay, The fact that he represents the Republican Party, every Republican who sat in that White House, have been accused of being a racist, just like Donald Trump. We all know that. So to say so is that, that yes somehow, or no, sir? I already told you yes. Okay, I'm great. for the Republican so candidate. You, so you're going to vote, for, you you're gonna to vote for this man who is either a straight-up racist or straight-up irresponsible uh, okay. incompetent. But, but Mr. Ivey. Okay, man, it's, it's just, your it's, vote. You can do whatever okay, you want with Mr. it. Ivey. It's just like the people in the state of Virginia who who voted for Ralph Northam for the governor of Virginia, who everybody knows is a racist, racist who wore blackface in his yearbook, dressed in KKK at the same time. Yeah, but you wouldn't vote for Ralph Northam. Even Barack Obama, even Barack Obama gave him a pass. He's Mr. I mean, Mr. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't vote for Obama. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden did ask for him to step down. I will give Joe Biden that credit. But when we talk about white people being racist, okay, unless you have someone in blackface with a KKK hood on. Or, I mean, they're retweeting videos in which people are chanting white power. That's a sign that you might be a racist. I know, but you said it yourself, Mr. Ivey, because you know how Twitter works. It is possible. I'm not. I'm just telling you how Twitter works because some people don't know. Because no, the I media think we pretty much all know how social media works. No, but no, they don't because Mr. Ivy, all the other tweets, they show the tweet on screen. The media did not show this because they wanted to make it appear that it was just a video. But if you know how Twitter works, if there's if there's uh, words, then if there's text. Then you put the video at the bottom 
There's no audio until you touch it. And Donald it Trump perfectly. is on Twitter okay. too much to cross the act like he don't know how Twitter works. He's on I Twitter more than I am. He's on Twitter all but day, all the time. So I'm going to hold him responsible to understand how Twitter works. Okay. I'm not giving him a pass okay. for that. All right. Okay. Let, let, let's, okay. I'll agree with you on this one because if that's the case, it doesn't matter. He's already a racist anyway. So how does this video change anything? Huh? Who's he going to convince? Oh, that, that proves it. I keep telling you, Mr. Ivy, this whole endeavor by the media, by the Democrat Party, is to take Trump voters, Republican voters like myself, to not vote for him or not show up. That's what I'm, Mr. Ivy, that's all it's about. That's why you were so eager, because you know good and damn well I'm voting for the Republican, because I'd rather have a Republican in the seat than a lying, unaccountable, desperate Democrat who have not been held accountable for the crap that their voters, their black Democrat constituents are burning, burning stuff down and looting and demanding stuff and getting murals put up and getting uh, pancake companies taking black images down from everywhere. They just want to erase blackness everywhere. So again, Mr. Ivy, thank you for letting me vent on this Monday morning. And I'm going to need to get some walking on while I'm walking while I retire because I'm pumped up today. Because, Mr. Ivy, it's bad what's happening in this country because after Memorial Day, those protests, they were legit. America was pissed off. They were tired of seeing it. But now, Mr. Ivy, it's just the same old-ish. Drop Squad 52. Drop it science to anyone who wants to catch it. Peace. I appreciate the call, man. I'll just say again, the children are watching and they're listening. People are home, working from home. You know, don't do it for me. Do it for the children. Uh, I'm, I'm fully adult. Believe me. Uh, I'm about all that. But, you know, I want the show to be listened to by as, as many people as possible. And I've just been told by people who are driving in the cars and people who are working at home that, you know, they're going to have to turn the, they're gonna have to turn the show off. I've even been told by professionals that listen in the office. It's like, you know, I'm, I want to listen, Nate, but, you know, I got my colleagues around and uh, supervisors here. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, but I ain't trying to regulate nobody. Just a, just a gentle reminder for everyone. You want as many people. I want the babies to hear what you got to say. You know what I'm saying? I want the children, the young folks to hear what you got to say. And I value all opinions. I value uh, Drop's opinion. One thing I love to hear when Drop calls in, I just love it, is when he says he's retired. Just say that word again, retired. That should be your goal. That's the whole reason why you're working. You, you wouldn't put on this earth to work for somebody else your entire life. The whole point of why you're working so hard for all those years is so you can put yourself in a position where you don't have to work for nobody else and you can spend your time doing what you want to do. That's the whole purpose of working. That's the whole purpose. If that is not your goal to retire one day, then what are you doing? That's the whole, it's not just to buy food. It's not just so you can go vacation. The whole purpose is so you can stack your chips, stack your investments, so that when you get to a certain age, you ain't have to deal with that no more. You can go do what you want to do for the rest of your life. I, I love it when he says he's walking while retired. I love it. And uh, 
hopefully we'll talk again tomorrow. That'll be your three-year retirement anniversary. That's a big day. That's a big day. I don't know where you are in your retirement goals and plans, but that's my mentality. That's the whole reason why you want to get investment properties. That's the whole reason why you want to stack your chips and save your money. It's not so you can go buy a Maserati. It's so you can retire. That is the goal. That is the goal of getting married. So you can stack up, stack your chips with another human being. Y'all work together. You get your little piece of sunshine. You get your little piece of heaven. And you don't have to deal with nobody's nonsense no more. You ain't got to clock in. You do you for the rest of your life. That's the whole purpose. At least that's my purpose. That's how I look at it. That's how I was raised. You can just do what you want to do, right? That's the whole point. That is the goal of working. That's the goal of saving when you're in your 20s and 30s. Stack your chips, get your little 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 piece of uh your, your little corner of the world. You know, maybe it's in Cincinnati, maybe it's somewhere else. And live your life. Do you? You can walk every day or not walk every day. You do whatever you want to do. And the younger you can get to that goal, the better, right? The younger you can retire, the better. That's the whole, that's the whole purpose. The whole purpose. Uh, let me go back to the phones here. Good morning. Uh, let me say good morning and welcome. Good morning. Hey, Nathan, it's Tracy. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Tracy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Chappers. I know it's um, way after 10 o'clock, so I'm going to keep it brief. Um, I'm calling because I just got a, an email from my son's school district. He attends Wood City Schools, and they are just now, what is it, July, June 29th? asking us our opinions on what do we think about returning kids returning to school and school typically for winter will start like everybody else mid-august and i'm like why are you just now trying to ask us what our opinions are you know implement a plan you know i'm not on better late than never in a pandemic they wanted to know how we felt about kids wearing masks all day how we felt about um you know, school sanitizing at least once a day. I mean, once a day, and you have corona going around. Um, they wanted to know if our kids received any kind of special education services and what what do you think um, should be a typical day for school. And I'm still set on high schoolers needing to be in school more so than toddlers. And I'm not saying that toddlers sit out of school. Of course, they have to go to school. Um, grades K through six, but I'm really concerned about high schoolers having too much time on their hands and getting into trouble if their parents are back to work. That's my biggest issue with grades seven through 12. So I don't know how long they're going to give us to return these surveys, but I turned mine in as soon as I got it. Um, but hopefully they will have some kind of meeting via Zoom or however they're going to do it so that we can get feedback um, because you know, Cincinnati Public already has their plan together, and we're just now sending out parent surveys. And I'm just a little annoyed by that this morning, but, you know, we'll see where it goes, and I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, please do. It does, it does seem a little bit late. You know, it seems like that's a consistent thing that I'm getting from these school systems. It's just just some, some challenges when it comes to communicating. You know, I, I just don't right. understand. It just seems so simple to me. But... Again, this, this is a priority. Why is it so late? Right. I mean, shit. Sorry, I know the cuss word. Right, right. I mean, but, but yeah, thank you. And th- please keep us in the loop. 
Please keep us in the loop. I will. Yep, most definitely. Thank you for the call. Again, not to criticize anybody, because I've done that before. Um, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I'm all about building. I'm all about helping. I want I want the school where my daughter goes to be a great place, 100%. I want I want everybody to have nothing but positive outcomes. Um, and um, you know, sometimes you know you gotta you gotta you gotta talk about the things that are not going right so you can get to a better place. And that's the spirit in which I move in everything that I do. I, I want to be a help. I want to move in a positive fashion. Um, but I just noticed that communication seems to be at a premium <laughs> at these school systems. And I just don't understand why they don't adopt the strategy of oversharing. Overshare. Tell, tell parents everything. The big stuff, the small stuff. That way you make sure you cover all bases. Communication is key. And when you don't have it and you're dealing with your children, it raises the anxiety of parents. And then that's when parents start calling school board members. That's when parents start calling principals and emailing principals and leaving messages when their anxiety goes up about their children. Like, I don't know about for you, but the most valuable thing I have is my family. That's the most valuable thing I have. There's nothing that's in my life that's more valuable than my family. So when anything threatens any member of that family, my anxiety goes way up. You know, you, you get to see the other side of Nate. And I just don't understand why that is. And maybe it took a while for them to put a plan in place. Again, I can't speak for that particular school district or really any school district. I'm just saying overshare, overshare. That should be the mantra, overshare. Make the parents be like, damn, I, I know I know too much. Then you ain't got no problems because now the parents know everything and they are responsible. It seems very simple to me, but uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning and welcome to the show. Cincinnati's own the author Q Taylor. What up, Q Taylor? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, I just want to say um, to the young man who called before the young woman there. I just want to say wow to his comments, but it's his belief, you know. I don't judge anyone, but I would like to say to his comments for everybody, all the listeners out there, that you know, voting is all about you know uh, getting the right person in office. Uh, who could do the job for you, who could help your family and your community. When you don't vote, you automatically vote for the enemy, you know, because um, you're not placing where you stand. You're not, you're not uh, putting down where you stand, you know. You're, you're just letting them have it. So, and, and, um, and if you feel someone's not good for you or your community and you feel that they are the enemy, I would like to say, you don't vote for them. You, you can't talk about how bad someone is and and what they're doing and this and that about them and then give your vote to them. That just doesn't make sense. You know, so it is about using your mind. And we're only going to win all these battles by being intelligent and not by overreacting and not by following or emotion, excuse me, okay? And also I would like to say, uh, you was talking about the murals and stuff before. Um, that's cool and everything. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a painter. I'm a motivational painter. I have artwork all across Cincinnati in different businesses and everything. 
you know, uh, I'm not going to talk about how much I would have did the entire painting for. But what I am going to say is, you know, thanks for the painting. Thanks for tearing down the statue. But let's make sure, everybody, that we get our equality and fair treatment, you know, because that's what, you know, this is all about. I mean, they could throw me a party today and say sorry, the whole police force. But that wouldn't change how they treat me out here on the streets. So I just want everybody to be wise and don't get confused and caught up in what I call gifts because that's what they are. They're just giving you gifts. You know what? Some people are, are, are happy just with a pacifier. You know, you can just give them anything and then shut them up, it'll accommodate them, and they're happy. You know, they're, they're feel, they, they feel a little change. So, but we don't want a little change. We want true change. You know, <clears throat> they've been giving us pacifiers throughout the years. It's time for some true change. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the only way to get that is to stand up for what we believe, you know, say the right things. And, you know, like I said, gifts is cool, but let's make sure we get action today, okay, and in the days to come. And uh, and also, I'd like to comment on the young lady real quick about uh, she was referring to the schools or whatever. Um, I think the coronavirus is messing up everything. And um, our leaders, I mean, I'm so sad and heartbroken by them. You know, uh, I feel that they're opening everything up. They know this is a deadly virus out here. We already know that they were unprepared, you know, when Trump erased all those things that the former president had put in place for this pandemic. Okay, so we already know that we're in a big crisis. And uh, I feel like the government is just opening up everything just for the money, just for the wealth. You know, the, the stock market's crashing. You know, their money's getting low. You know, uh, uh, gas usage is slowing down, all those things. So the government quickly rushed out and opened up the states because they're losing money, you know, and they care about money more than they care about our lives. And, you know, right now, uh, the virus, the coronavirus is rising, you, you, you know, so uh, they're opening up states. Everything is going to be chaotic. The school system, it, all the systems are going to be chaotic because nobody's prepared for this. So I just want everybody to, look, to know that uh, be prepared for, for chaos, okay? Be prepared for the system. Um, having problems, you know, and uh, that's on on every level because they're just doing things that they know they're not supposed to do. You know, you got a president that don't wear his mask. You know, he, he's promoting that image, you know, to, to not wear your mask. The people who follow, who's following him, they're not wearing their mask. You know, the pandemic's rising. You know, they don't care about our lives. They care more about their money, and, and the rich people can cure themselves better than the poor people, okay? So use our mind, think for yourself, and uh, stay protected and safe. And that's my word, Alpha Q Taylor. All right, Q Taylor, thanks for the call, man. Take it easy. You too. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate the opinion. But let me circle back around and say something about Drop again. I mean, the other thing I like about Drop is Drop, and, and he said it before, I'll say it again, just because I don't want to be the brother be misunderstood. You know, Some people say he gets beat up in the chop shop. But I want people to understand how I feel about it. 
He's not a Trump supporter. He's a Republican. He says that over and over again. I think for me, that's the value in his opinion. You know, and he stands by it. You know, he's about the Republican philosophy. And that's what I think is so valuable as a black man, you know, to the conversation, because it's not that it's rare. Um, but those kind of folks don't always speak up on shows like this. So I appreciate it. I ain't trying to browbeat the brother. We disagree. We argue back and forth, but it's all love. And, um, you know, he supports me. I support him just so people understand where I'm coming from. Uh, but again, if you're viewing the show today, you're like, where's Nate? I'm here. I'm having some difficulties with my screen being a little bit frozen today. Not a little bit, but frozen with that image, uh, of chief Isaac. So, uh, I'll be back in better than ever tomorrow. And I'll deal with that between now and then. I want everybody to have a, an excellent rest of your Monday. Uh, make it powerful. Go out and uh, take over the world today. Hope you're successful in everything that you're trying to do. And remember our motto, winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. Okay, I want you to remember that. All right? And also want to remind you that, you know, you can rewrite your life. It's not too late. And uh, this is an invitation to join the live broadcast and live stream from your new community church every Sunday at 1145 a.m. Uh, with Charlie Winburn. You can check out that uh, live stream as he's dropping Jews for Life, Pearls of Wisdom. It's on Sundays at 1145 a.m. on Facebook. Please check them out. Uh, I'm going to make a move. Have a rest. Have a great rest of your day, as I said before. Uh, I'll be with you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. We'll chop it up. We'll talk about everything that's happening. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by the founder of the Black Family Library. That sound interesting? You ever heard about it? Make sure you check out the show. Throughout the week, I've got a couple guests set up. We'll catch up with uh, Dave Zirin. He's an author, talks about the collision of sports and politics. It's been a minute. And uh, we'll talk about just that coming up this week as well. Some of the guests that I'm chasing right now, I'm chasing an interview with Carol Anderson, meaning I've already got a request in and has some correspondence. If you're not sure who Carol Anderson is, she is super ill. She is super good. Uh, you should go online. She's an Af- she's a professor of African-American studies at Emory University. You should go on YouTube and look at some of those uh, videos. It is worth your time. She's got a couple books out, including a new one called White Rage as well. We'll talk with her. Well, hopefully when I confirm, we'll talk with her. She is a number one on my list of people I want to talk with next on the show. Among others, I got some more guests set up up this week as well. So again, you never know who we might be talking to on the Nathan Ivy show. Have an excellent rest of your day and I'm out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.